Live with CDP Sports Talk, a weekly sports and entertainment podcast sponsored by Barry Cullen Chevrolet. Live on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, and LinkedIn. And on audio via Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Spotify, Anchor FM, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, Radio Public, and TuneIn. Now, here's your host, Chris Palmey. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to Season 5, Episode 42 of Live with CDP Sports Talk, brought to you by Barry Cullen Chevrolet, 905 Woodlawn Road West in the Guelph Auto Mall. Check out barrycullen.com for the newest selection of new and pre-owned GM vehicles, or give them a call at 519-824-0210 and tell them CDP, a.k.a. Chris Palme sent you there as well. Guys, right now it's truck month at Barry Cullen Chevrolet. Uh, if you guys are into pickup trucks, the 2023 Silverado pickup truck 1500, uh, you can now give, get it for 3.49% financing up to 72 months. And anyone that's a Costco member uh, that does purchase a GM vehicle at Barry Cullen Chevrolet uh, can receive up to $750 bonus, uh, $750 bonus card on select trucks as well. So again, thank you to Barry Cullen Chevrolet for sponsoring live with CDP Sports Talk. And again, live with CDP Sports Talk is on weeknights at 8 o'clock on WQEE 99.1 FM, the key in Metro Atlanta as well, guys. Uh, good afternoon, everyone, and uh, welcome again to the Live with CDEP. And I'm looking forward to my guest today. Her name is Sarah Said. She is a host, on-air host, associate producer with Homestead Media Sports, and she covers the Canadian Football League and the National Football League. So I look forward to having Sarah on my show for the first time. And uh, we're not that far away from CFL uh, training camp as well. Yeah, thanks for having me, Chris. Honestly, I'm so excited for the season. I can't wait. Absolutely. Uh, I love the NFL. love the CFL, college football, but now I'm ready for the CFL to start. And I want to say, Sarah, thank you so much for coming on my 262nd episode today. Yeah, thanks for having me. I hope the opening was okay for you. Of course. Perfect. <laughs> okay. When did you guys change over to Homestead Media Sports? Yeah, so um, originally the company that I work for was called The Parlay. Um, I believe that they are still under Parlay Media Group um, in terms of the company title. But uh, basically, it's we, we focused way more on the betting side of things when we first started off. And now we expanded and we're doing, you know, fun podcasts, um, social media clips, more just... Um, uh, commentary, entertainment, analysis, those kinds of things. So we thought, you know, parlays of sports betting uh, word term. So maybe changing that would, would help us a little bit. So that's kind of where it's at. But it's the same company, essentially, same people, same great hosts. How long have you been with the company for now? So it's almost been, I think it's a year this month, I think. <laughs> Congra congratulations. Thank you very much. And overall, how's it been? Is it a good experience? Oh, I love it. I love it. I think it's such a great opportunity. Um, it's it's something that I'm super blessed to be a part of. I made incredible friends with the hosts that I'm with. So like it's it's all young people, a lot of women, which is rare in the sports media industry to have mainly women around you. Um, so and they everybody that, that I've uh, worked with have taught me so much throughout uh, my time there. Um, and and yeah, and, and we, we love to be creative. We love to, you know, try new things. And, and because of that, 
Um, I think it's perfect for me because I cover the CFL, which is, you know, there's not that much coverage of the CFL in Toronto. And so the fact that I can do it, first of all, for my full-time job, but then also be able to be creative with it is incredible. And um, I had, and, and you're right about women in sports. It has changed a lot. And I've had guests on uh, recently, Christine Lisi with ESPN radio for 20 years. She was one of the pioneers and Amy Lawrence. And uh, it's just great to see women uh, getting more involved in sports and the, especially the broadcasting side of the uh, uh, business. Mm-hmm, for sure. I think women um, have always had an interest in sports. I think it's great to have uh, women to represent uh on camera or, you know, whether they're um, writing articles or interviewing people on podcasts or anything like that, because it not only encourages other women to do the same, um, but it also, you know, they, women can connect with uh, other women in terms of fans as well on a deeper, different level than than men. So it's kind of cool. But regardless, like anybody in the space who um, wants to succeed, whether you're, um, you know, a guy or girl, it's I think it's cool to have passionate people around. And uh, Sarah, I, I've only known you maybe just under a year now, but I can tell how passionate you are about your work. And 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 the one thing about doing this podcast show, I've met so many people in the industry, uh, young or old, and it's just been a great experience so far. Yeah, no, it was so good to meet you. Um, I appreciate you saying that. I definitely feel passionate about the CFL. Uh, and I love, I love, like I said, I love meeting people, having people around that are also as passionate. That's what makes the job fun, right? <laughs> Yes, and the and the Toronto Argonauts have been great with me. Uh, I've been a fan of the team since 1979 when I was seven years old. Uh, grew up with my late father, and uh, I have a connection with the team, and they've been really great, especially Chris Bilnovich and Mike Hogan and stuff like that, Sean Bowen, and uh, just really enjoy uh, last season, and uh, I'm looking forward to uh, maybe less than, what, 68 days to the home opener against the Cats on June 18th. Yep, I am so excited. I know it's just speeding by. I feel like for me, once May hits is basically when the CFL season starts because you've got the CFL draft like right there at the beginning, I think May 2nd, and then obviously training camp a few weeks later. So for me, it's like April's the last month of just chilling, so to speak, even though there's still some news going around and stuff like that, still preparing for the season, but it's so soon. So um, I'm very excited for the Argos this season. It's going to be great. <laughs> now, are you following the USFL, the XFL as well? Not too much, to be honest. Um, I'd like to possibly next season get more into it, but um, I see snippets here and there. Yeah, to be honest, uh, for me, I've always grew up with college football, the NFL, CFL. Um, even back in the 80s, I never got into the original USFL. So maybe one day I'll, I'll look at a game or whatever. But my first love is obviously the CFL and then the NFL. Mm-hmm. Yep. Nothing like Canadian football. <laughs> Okay, so we'll get into some questions, uh, Sarah. As you know, I'm based out of Guelph. Can you just tell my audience just a little bit about yourself? Yeah, so my name is Sarah. I, um, In terms of career, I guess, I started off working in fashion journalism. So I went to, um, now it's called TMU, downtown Toronto, um, for fashion communications. I worked uh, in the fashion industry, so fashion magazines, as well as on set for commercials and um, just for magazines as well. So I loved fashion. I loved art. And that's kind of what brought me there. And I also love storytelling. And um, I, I ended up traveling for about eight months and came back. And then I realized throughout that time that I really liked the storytelling aspect, you know, 
over like the fashion part as well. So I wanted to tell other stories, deeper stories. Um, I wanted to work in news, but because of my degree, it was hard to find a job in that way. But I ended up getting a job um, for a veterinary magazine. So I worked as an editor in a veterinary magazine for a while, which is so different to what I studied. But it's journalism at the end of the day, right? I was writing articles and interviewing people, and it was really helpful to teach me um, how to how to almost like how to write serious news, so to speak, quote unquote. Um, and so then, but then I decided, okay, broadcast is the way to go. And I wanted to go back to school. And then it took a while for me to go back to school because COVID kind of slowed that process down. But then finally I went to uh, Seneca College, best experience of my life. I will always shout out Seneca. Um, great teachers, great classes. I made great friends. I learned a lot. Um, great studio. And I uh, I was at the York University campus, the Seneca at York campus. And so, yeah. And then I, from there, I wanted to do news. I wanted to do documentaries, but I threw out that experience. It's so funny. I ended up um, finding an interest in sports, specifically the CFL, and just kind of fell in love with it. And I knew I was going to do the CFL from 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 then on. And And people would ask me, like, why? Because, again, in Toronto, the CFL, the Argos are not... Uh, talked about as much as other leagues, obviously, and other teams. So people would be kind of confused about that. But I'm so happy it's the best decision that I made because at the end of the day, um, yeah, I feel like it's just the perfect fit for me. So that's me. <laughs> I was going to say, I'm old enough. I remember when the CFL used to be wrapped behind the Maple Leafs in Toronto. It used to be the Leafs, number one, and then the Argonauts, and then I think when the Blue Jays started getting good in the early 80s, that's when it started affecting the Argos because the Argos for many years were like the number one sport in Toronto in the summertime. And now you got so many professional sports leagues there in Toronto. But I'm really hoping this year the attendance BMO field can get to what it was for the East Final against Montreal. I think they had, what, 21, 22,000 fans for that game? Yeah, I'm hoping that too. I mean, I always tell people, right, like it's obviously summertime – during the CFL season, it's just like it is for Blue Jays games, right? You spend, a lot of people go to Blue Jays games, they spend $15, $20 on a ticket. They don't really watch the game a lot of times. They just go to hang out with friends and have some drinks and enjoy the, the weather. So it's the same thing. I always tell people that just do the same, but get an Argos ticket instead. And it's a beautiful stadium. There's a great view. It's obviously the station is right there, exhibition station. So you can just head right downtown if you want to afterwards. Um, so I'm, I am hoping that, you know, attendance grows. Obviously, that's what we all hope for the CFL. Um, but, you know, what's cool is that a lot of other teams are taking extra initiatives, I guess you could say, to make uh, their games like an, a whole experience, a big event. You see that in BC too, right, where um, Amar Doman is kind of bringing in concert uh, guests, uh, you know, to do some concerts and things. Then you got like $5 drinks and food. Things like that, I think, is what these big cities need to be doing um, more and more of because in Toronto, like I'm sure you know, there's so many events all the time, um, like festivals and things like that. So having that type of experience around the game, I think would hopefully get us to to that to that uh, Eastern final type of numbers. Yeah, and I took my nephew who's 25. Uh, he's an NFL fan to his first CFL game uh, last year and he enjoyed it. He didn't mind taking the go train in from Burlington and then um, he liked the beer selection, obviously, and then he really liked the stadium and he had a good time. And I'm hoping he'll come back to a game again this year. Yeah, that's the thing, right? It's it's getting a friend or family member over to the game is kind of that first 
thing you have to cross. And then once they go, they're like, oh, you know what? This was really fun. This was great. I would do this again. No worries. You know, no problem. So that's the only thing. I think the stigma, and I hate, I hate that I'm even saying that, but I think with young people that are into the NFL as in Toronto, there's like a weird, stigma is the only word I can think of right now surrounding the CFL. They're like, oh, that's not cool for whatever reason. But when they watch it on TV or in person, they realize it's football like anything else and it's a good time. So that's, that's the hope that we can get people in first. <laughs> yeah. And um, when I was growing up in the seventies, a lot of the Argo games were blacked out. Same with Hamilton. I had to listen to a lot of the games on the radio and stuff, but back then I was like, I still love the CFL and you can like, you can like each, you can like every league. There's no rule saying it has to be NFL this and that's it. You can, it's a, it's, it's a great product and uh younger generation. She should have a choice. You can like both leagues and, yeah. and, and the games are great. And the athletes are amazing. A hundred percent. And I am hoping that, you know, now with social media and just the way that um, sports is being marketed online in, in a bunch of different leagues, even you see it with USFL and XFL, hopefully that, that those players personalities can shine that they get highlighted more that there's more fun content that kind of leads people in right so yeah i think it's a great product for sure too okay i'm just going to get back to some more questions sarah um you've already answered the the schooling part of it um did you have a mentor or mentors when you were first starting out in the industry um i think i've had a few which is great i've been very blessed um definitely in school just honestly the profs were amazing the um the other students even were amazing and same with uh homestand it's that there's the people who have who work there with me so there's james Sharman, who's great um you know who who covers soccer he's great he helps a lot um but i would say like in terms of like mentor uh most likely most would be kayla gray so she's um the raptors reporter and uh, I've, I kind of worked with her a little bit on some projects and some things and, and, and I was able to learn a lot. So she's awesome. The, cause I always like to ask my guests that cause, uh, I just like hearing how mentoring can get you into a new career and it helps when you're starting out a new career. And sometimes it takes time and it takes a little bit of help from people as well. Oh, for sure. And you can't, my belief is, is we're as human beings, you're meant to connect with others. It's just part of who we are, right? We're not meant to do things alone. We could do things alone. We can, you know, um, it's a lot of times doing those certain things alone or is empowering. And, but for the most part, it's okay to lean on others for help. It's a good thing. You learn a lot. They give you perspective and that's how you grow, right? It's, it's through those connections and, and through that experience. And I'm kind of doing this the uh, old school, unconventional way of uh, self-teaching myself. But one thing uh, is just as important as talking is, is listening skills. Uh, not just listening to my guests, but when I'm covering the Argos or doing my other uh, assignments, and there's people that have been in the industry a long time, I like to listen to their stories and their insights as well and pick their brains. Oh, for sure. Right. That's, that's, that's the best way to go about it. Um, you know, sometimes you have a conversation with somebody that, you know, you just ask them a few simple questions and then you end up learning so much, right. Or, or they end up giving you an idea, Hey, like you should try this and then you try it after and you love it. So you never know where conversations are going to lead. You never know what's going to inspire you. And so keeping that open mind is like very key in this space for sure. 
And uh, I'm trying to be a jack of all trades as well, Sarah, because uh, I like to do digital writing, but I also do camera work for the university here and for Rogers TV. So I'm learning the TV and the radio side and, and I'm trying to get better at digital writing. Do you have any advice for someone like me? I've only been doing it for a year now, but for somebody that you've been doing it a little bit longer than me? Yeah, sure. I mean, I um, writing is tricky because so you want to be creative, but you also want to get straight to the point and to the facts, right? Because especially um, in this day and age when people get bored easily when they read things or watch things. So, you know, obviously always starting with the critical information at the top of your article, that's, you know, going to be your lead. You're going to say, hey, um, the Argos beat the I don't even know, bombers at 34 to I think it was 33. I, I can't remember right now, but, you know, something like that right off the bat, um, you know, putting the important names in the very top, uh, th that kind of key information is what's going to draw the person in and keep them reading. And also just, you know, being yourself. Like I think if you're obviously depends what you're talking about, but if you're talking about sports, which for the most part is fun <laughs> and entertaining, you can totally be yourself, um, maybe play on words or add in a little joke here and there that show off your personality as well, because that's what people love to read, right? They want to connect not just with this, the article itself, but they want to connect with the person behind it too. Just like doing a podcast show, I try to be myself, not somebody that I'm not. Just always be yourself. So That's a, okay. that's a good way of going about it. <laughs> Definitely. Um, this one I wanted to ask you about, Sarah. Uh, what was your first uh, role or job in media and how important was it in terms of your career so far? Yeah, so in sports media, this is my first job in sports media, but in terms of media in general. So I worked, um, I guess I can give you the veterinary job as the example, because I was an editor there. And it really helped me a lot. Because um, when I, like I said, I wrote before that I was writing stuff for more for like fashion fashion magazines, fashion publications, things like that. And it was great, but it was very, um, you know, there wasn't, it, the story was basically what you make of it. Meaning that like, if let's say there was a trend happening, like bomber jackets are trending, which is a, a type of jacket, you would have to make, you know, a visually appealing and well-written article about bomber jackets, which could be a lot of fun, but there's not much substance necessarily within that story. Whereas like when I was talking, um, when I was doing writing articles for the veterinary magazine, there was heavier topics, right? You're talking about um, animal health, you're talking about, you know, pet owners uh, and how their their animal health can affect them. You're talking about compassion fatigue for veterinarians. It's a very uh, difficult job. People don't know that, but veterinarians have uh, struggle a lot, especially vet students with uh, mental health. So those things you have to be more careful. You have to you know do more research or just make sure that you're conveying the information correctly. So I think learning those skills of um, figuring out what is what is that key information that needs to be shared. And, but also, and making sure it's accurate and making sure, you know, you're being responsible as a journalist or an editor. Um, but in addition to that, you're also, you're also giving people things that they want to read about. And, and again, it's and, and not entertaining in that sense, but um, informative in a way that people want to keep reading. So it, yeah, you learn, you learn from experience a lot. Um, it's trial and error a lot. So I think for me, 
that was my a big lesson for me. And now it helps me because I love to do the fun stuff. And I'm so lucky that I get to have fun and be silly and stupid in all of my content. But I, but at the same time, I know that when there is something more serious that I can, I, I know how to navigate that as well. And I was going to say, I can tell how going person you are. And, and uh, in this industry, you have to have uh, good people skills as well. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. I'm very extroverted. Um, when I was growing up in school, my teachers, like my report cards, I, I did well in school just for the most part. And but the one thing that my, my report card would always have at the bottom from one of my teachers was Sarah's a good student, but she just talks too much because <laughs> I have I always wanted to like, you know, share stories with my friends, ask them questions. I was always just a chatterbox. And I think that that's just my person, always my personality. I like to be extroverted. And I think I found the perfect industry for that because my job is pretty much to talk to people. So I'm, I'm lucky. And for me, um, the first four years of my life, I, I didn't talk much at all. And uh, when I was in school, I hated public speaking. And now go figure being 50 years old, I love doing public speaking. And I love putting myself out there. And it's just, I guess for me, it took a little longer to open up than other people. Yeah. You know, I have a similar story to that, Chris. When I was in grade 12, um, we had to write for English class in high school. I had to write like a poem and then present it in front of your class. And my class was quite small. It was like 20 people max. And I knew all the people from, uh, you know, growing up, I knew them quite well. So they weren't strangers by any means. So I had to go up, I presented my poem and I guess I got so nervous. I started shaking. I started just, you know, you, you know, you get like stage fright. I started like kind of tearing up and I, and I didn't expect that. It just kind of happened. My teacher was really kind. She said, you know, it's okay, Sarah, like, don't worry about it. You're like, she gave me a good grade. It was fine. But I remember after that happening, I told myself, okay, now, you know, Sarah, like <laughs> talking to myself that you can't do this. Like, this is not something you're good at. You're not a public speaker. You're not going to, you know, just stay away from those situations. And it was fine. You know, I was like, okay, cool. Now I know that. But then it's so interesting because similar to you, that's my job now. And I, I hosted um, a Super Bowl party, uh, watch party this past uh, last, a few months ago. Yeah. In, in February. And um, there was like over two, like, I think there's like 200 people there and wow. I hosted it. And I was like thinking to myself after, oh my goodness, if grade 12 Sarah could see this, right? Because sometimes you tell yourself something, you put yourself in a box and, and it's it's not true, you know, even just because you have one incident that you crumble or feel sad about or struggle with, it doesn't define you whatsoever, right? So you, ha it's good to kind of keep pushing if that's something you're passionate about for real. I think my former profession that I did for 24 years, I had to deal with a lot of people. Um, and I think that has helped me because uh, when I was in school, I was always avoiding doing public speaking and trying to avoid being having the spotlight on me. And uh, I wish you're right. I could, I wish those teachers could see what I'm doing now because I've completely uh, become more uh, open than I was back when I was in my uh, teens or twenties or thirties. Yeah, no. And that's awesome. Good for you, Chris. I'm proud. <laughs> Well, thank you, Sarah. And, uh, and that's what I love about this podcast show is hearing my guest stories and being able to share some of my stories as well. Now, congratulations on almost a year now with Homestead Media Sports. Do you remember your first day on the job and were you a little bit nervous? Uh, yeah, that's a really good question. I Let me think back at that first day. 
um, I definitely was nervous. I definitely was um, just because the only stuff that I'd had done on camera also was in school. I was comfortable on camera, but I was still new, you know, so you have to put yourself like when you're when you're in front of new people, too, who are recording you and stuff, you start to overthink a little bit. But but no, I mean, I was I don't remember the first day exactly, but it was definitely positive experience. Um, everybody, again, is so nice and, and chill. And I feel like looking back, though, now at the the stuff even that I did last summer, um, like videos. Sometimes I cringe because you know you grow and you change, and and now I'm so much more comfortable. Um, so yeah, it was a good experience for sure. <laughs> awesome. Now, one thing I wanted to ask you, um, I guess your main role with them is covering the CFL, obviously the Argonauts and some NFL, but do you cover any other sports besides that? Not at the moment. Um, I do oh. help out sometimes. So I'll, if there's like an event, like um, last week I went to uh, Ottawa for to, to speak to fans at the Ottawa Centers game. There was um, the Leafs were at, um, in Ottawa. And so I got to speak to fans and go see that game. Um, sometimes those things will come up. But for the most part, I am a CFL girl. Nothing wrong with that. Uh <laughs> yeah, like I said, I've been an Argos fan since 79, and my favorite Argo all-time player is Terry Greer. Everyone thinks it's Mike Pimble Clements, but uh, Terry Greer to me uh, is my all-time favorite Argonaut. And I would like to, I, I brought, I'm going to bring this up to Mike Hogan next week. I would like to see a little more history of the team around the field, maybe even some statues and stuff like that in the future to recognize some of the great players on this team. I know they have the banners on the field, but I, I, I just, I, I go to NFL stadiums and you see statues and the Pat Green Bay Packers Hall of Fame. Sorry, I think you cut off right at the end there. Oh, I was going to say, sorry about that. Uh, Wi-Fi, I guess, sometimes happens. I just like to see the Argonauts one day have an Argonaut Hall of Fame and and have a statue of, like, Pinball Clements, Terry Greer, and maybe Joel Seisman, who played for the Argos in the early 70s. And yeah. Just to honor the history of the team. And it's the Argonauts, what, 150th year this year? Oh, for sure. I think something like that would be amazing. I also think that it would help uh, kind of solidify the the um the importance of of the cfl i think in toronto if, if you're getting fans even walking by right during the cne if they're going to the cne and they're walking by bmo field and they see these statues with like, like a plaque or something um you know they'll be like you know wow i i didn't realize it was that old the league was that old or i didn't realize that you know these incredible players you know were in the argos during this time period so i think that that could definitely help even just bring attention to to the team because I know where the Blue Jays uh, used to play, they have the the bases uh, for the old stadium there. It would be nice to see them do the the goalpost markers uh, for where the Argos were. Because I grew up uh, at Exhibition Stadium back in the 70s and 80s, uh, watching the Jays and the Argos there. And uh, it's just so much history uh, for that franchise in that area. And I'm, I was so glad when they moved back to BMO Field in 2016 from the, the Rogers Center. I never was a fan of the Rogers Center for the CFL. Yeah, no, it's cool that you got to experience that for sure. I'm, I've only seen BMO Field, so <laughs> I like BMO Field as well. <laughs> it's Yeah, it's a great location, and I like the fact the Go Train is right there, like one minute from the stadium, and it's just so easy to get to and get out of. Mm -hmm. Yeah, great view as well. I feel like when you're in the stands there, you can kind of see a little bit of Toronto, which is nice. 
Okay. Uh, speaking of the Argonauts, quick thoughts on the uh, 2022 Canadian Football League season. And uh, you were at the Grey Cup game last year in Regina, right? Correct? I actually wasn't. I know. Oh. I know. I should have been there. I'm kind of sad that I didn't go because obviously the Argos won. Um, I did. I did end up doing. I stayed in Toronto. and We did a watch party here. Um, but I mean, that was a that was a great game for sure. Um, 2022 CFL season was awesome too. I think when I think of that season, I think of Nathan Rourke first of all. Um, you know what he did just on the field was amazing during that time period that he was you know before he was injured. Um, what he did for Canadian quarterbacks, you know, it, it's first of all, it's so good to have this a big star like that kind of emerge. But then for him to also be Canadian is really, really cool. Um, you know, he broke records uh, for Canadian quarterbacks, like league records, which is incredible during just that short time period. Um, I think he had like the most passing yards a Canadian from a Canadian quarterback, like from until like I think it was the 1981, I think. Um, so you know, it means a lot for Canadian quarterbacks, um, for sure. And then you saw also Trey Ford come come on. You saw, um, like, it's just, it's really cool to see that. Then in terms of the game itself, um, I think that it was such a crazy ride. I obviously, like I said, I was doing a watch party, so I didn't see it live. And it was um, one of those things where, like, I was half working, half watching the game so uh, but every time I would turn my head to the screen or try to you know fully lock myself into the game something would change something was different and I it was so incredible to watch that um especially the last quarter which was nuts you know Janarian Grant had that really like had like 102 yard punt return and he scored a touchdown which for me at that time you know you're looking at that you're like okay the Bombers probably have it they had like almost a 10 point lead at that point and then Obviously, that wasn't the case, right? Um, obviously, too, McLeod Bethel Thompson's injury was just unexpected. I think um, Dinwiddie was saying that they were trying to get him back in. Like, they were trying to, you know, help him, his hand. Because um, I think it was his thumb. But ultimately, like, they had to throw, obviously, Chad Kelly in, um, which is, like, an unusual situation or a stressful situation to put a backup quarterback in. Of course, it's the Great Cup. But, you know, he pulled through. And and at the end of the day, like, you know, they made it through. So I, I'm really, I, I, that was, it was kind of the perfect ending to that season for me. Um, not only because the Argos won, but just because it was such a fun game at the end of the day. Absolutely. And uh, the Argos now have won seven great cups in the last 39 years after going 31 years without winning one. And the Argonauts haven't lost the great cup since 97 against Damon Allen and the then Edmonton Eskimos at BC place 38 to 36. If you've never seen that game on YouTube, it's one of the greatest great cups back from 1987. I will go watch that. Thank you for letting me know. <laughs> yeah. And Damon Allen uh, was the backup to Matt Dunnigan. And obviously Damon made up for it because he got us a great cup in 2004, but uh, that great cup, it came down to the last second at BC place. And uh, yeah, Argonaut fans should be spoiled with all the great cups uh, this franchise has won. The only concern is the last couple times they've won the great cup, they've kind of had down your limits in the offseason so far, has done a good job trying to keep the majority of this core together to see if they can take another run uh, this year. What do you? What's your thoughts, Sarah? Oh, I really like what they've been doing this offseason. I think, like you said, it's it's keeping those key guys that that are 
such a we're such a big part of the team last year some of them veterans some of them younger guys and at the end of the day you know it's you're never going to get the same exact team again but to do they they did what they could do to kind of make that happen as best as they could and and you can't and recreating like i said recreating chemistry is hard you can't right it's something that's just intangible and so the fact that they kind of can maintain those guys and bring in other new guys that are really strong um you know i think is going to it's going to it's going to be great like i'm just i think i think they did the best job i think pinball um was even saying too like that that was his main goal was to keep those guys um i also think it's a momentum thing right if you're if you're if you just won and you're able to kind of keep that that momentum high why not right the only big question obviously is chad kelly because mbt um you know he did incredible last year that's my opinion obviously a lot of people don't agree with that but i think he did good for and, and you know they ultimately went to the cup right so so to have a new guy come in uh is going to be the biggest question mark and that leads to me to my question here is what are your overall thoughts on chad kelly taking over the starting quarterback and um uh, Again, thoughts on uh, McLeod Bessel Thompson with his time with the Argonauts. I know last year, the first time media person, he was really good with me. He answered my questions and you could tell that he was a leader and uh, he didn't want to make any excuses when he did talk to the media and uh, his leadership skills. Yeah, no, I mean, I totally agree with you. He was, I, first time I met him actually was the first time that I met you, Chris, we were in the uh, Guelph like media room or whatever. I'm sure yes. you were there. I don't know if you remember this, but I didn't ask any questions because I was just kind of absorbing everything, right? It was my first time. So I was absorbing information. And then he kind of like noticed that I didn't ask anything. And he looked at me and he's like, what about you? Like, are you going to ask me something? And in the moment I was just, I just didn't expect it. Um, So I just said, <laughs> I don't know why I said this, but I was put on the spot, but I was like, I was like, oh, are you going to win the great cup this year? <laughs> And then he laughed and he was like, yep, that's the plan. And it's so funny because, you know, he stuck to that plan and it worked and he was right. So, um, you know, I think he, I think he doesn't often get enough credit for his time, like in general, the yards, but like last year, particularly last season, you know, after work was injured, he became the first in passing yards. Like, and, and, you know, I think and he ultimately, like I said, brought his team to the cup. Um, definitely a leader, his personality, he's a really funny guy, really positive guy, but also really, works hard you can see it all the time anytime you speak to him he's like locked in right um and in terms of and, and you know and he was obviously chad kelly like was able to witness that chad kelly was there you know during that winning season obviously he helped at the end of the in the gray cup at the end there but for the most part chad kelly was basically being mentored so to speak right by mcleod bethel thompson so in terms of chad kelly and and what he could do for the team like to me I think that he sort of represents to me, he's, he represents potential at this time, right? You, we can't really, we can try to guess, we can try to analyze, but um, the truth is, is, is it's going to be a new era and he has a surprise, the potential story to surprise us all. Um, whether that's, you know, doing incredible or, you know, maybe there's some challenges that come up as well. Um, I think it's always going to be a challenge, right? When you're the most inexperienced starting quarterback in the league you know, you're coming into a team that had just won the Grey Cup and who had a veteran. And all of the quarterbacks in the East right now are veterans. So, you know, they they have that experience specifically with the CFL. Um, 
you know, so that Chad doesn't have. Uh, and also, yeah, like I think I think that those aspects um, are going to be kind of a question marks until we see it actually happen in front of us. Um, but I think, like I said, I think I think that he's there's potential. That's the biggest word. He knows a lot. He knows the guys already. He definitely also does work hard, um, you know, and I think that he also is very motivated. Like I'm sure you've heard that he is is hoping to go back to the NFL. That is a goal for him um, down the line. So maybe that could just push him and motivate him further to, to, you know, obviously give his all regardless. I mean, you'd hope he'd do that regardless, but you know, there's, there are these extra motivations as well. So I think it'd be interesting. He has a big personality. I think the personality aspect um, is kind of good for the CFL because we don't get that often. And I think like every league has, you know, whether it's NBA or NHL, there's always going to be guys like that. Um, and they're entertaining and they bring light to the league. And he's, you know, obviously has that that connection uh, with his uncle who, you know, Jim Kelly, who's obviously a legend. So these things can all they can do, no matter how the Argos perform, which I hope they perform really well. Um, but no matter how the Argos perform, it'll only give more attention to the game, to the league, which I think ultimately is positive. And I want to have faith in it. So I'm going to say that I'm excited about this season with Chad Kelly. Uh, with McLeod, I know I was some of his harshest critics sometime, but he proved me and a lot of people wrong. In a way, I can kind of relate to him because I'm trying to get into a curve later in life and trying to beat the uh, the underdogs and stuff like that. As for Chad Kelly, he's always had the talent in college football and the NFL. My concern as an Argo fan and a CFL fan is is his attitude and his leadership because being a quarterback in the CFL NFL it's not just based on talent it's based on your leadership and your attitude and your work ethic and uh, Chad Kelly is now going to have a bullseye on his back this year being the starting quarterback for a Grey Cup champion just thoughts on that yeah I mean kind I I agree with you right it is leadership is very important uh, work ethic all of these things I think. I think that that you know ultimately I think just knowing the team that I think that they will kind of have that uh they will stick together. I think they're going to be strong together. I think that he will he will be able to foster those bonds with the guys. Um I think it's more just the pressure in my opinion, right? There's a lot of pressure that everybody's going to be like you said looking at him. Um and you know like again, there's the East is such a is such a is such a unique. I mean, the whole league this year is going to be very interesting to see how things play out, even in the West. But specifically, the East to me is quite unique this year because, you know, obviously you got Bowley by Mitchell coming in to the Tie Cats. You've got Cody Fajardo um, with the Owls, and then you have Jeremiah Masoli who was injured. Um, so you know, hoping that he can actually play as well. So like, in my opinion, when you think of it. They're all kind of new, even though Jeremiah Masoli is not really new, but he hasn't played like that for a while. So it's going to be like it, it can really go in different directions. And I think that, yes, Chad Kelly will be able to be a leader with those guys. But I think in terms of pressure and and, and within the East as well is going to be the, the hardest part for him. It's mental pressure, emotional pressure, pressure from the media, pressure to win, like just piling on to him. So can he handle it? That's a good question. I we're really, I think, going to have to wait and see. Yeah, because I, I know there was something that said he was, so if he can win back-to-back great cups, he'll be back in the NFL. And my concern as a teammate is let's just focus on this year. 
focus on one game at a time and not look ahead. Obviously, that's his goal. But I don't know. To me, as a quarterback, I would kind of keep that to myself and just worry about training camp. And because you know, in football, it's a long season. Nothing is guaranteed in football, especially with injuries and stuff you don't see. Oh, for sure, hundred percent. I think I think, like I said, like in some in a lot of different leagues, you'll see personalities um, that are that are very out there. I guess you could say, or 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 very confident. Um, I kind of like it um, because even though I know I, I agree with you in the sense of like, you know, <laughs> he wants to go to the NFL, but you know, as a CFL quarterback, we'd love for the quarterback to be invested in that um, team. But a lot of these guys want to go to the NFL or have hopes to return. So for me, I get that. Um, and, and, and you know what, he's being honest, that's cool. Um, but yeah, I think the confidence aspect is, it's it's um we haven't seen anything yet so part of me is like you know you're confident you you it's it's hard for, to fully accept the confidence when you haven't seen something as well but at the same time i love it like i said i i think all the i think all the guys in the league should have a crazy amount of confidence and and think that they yeah. can believe that they can achieve every single goal they have even if it's in the nfl because you want that energy and that effort being put into the game right that's only going to make people more competitive it's only going to make um things more the, the game more interesting to watch and again it's entertainment right so i'm all i'm all in <laughs> and to be fair too and i gotta be i gotta be fair with chad too is every quarterback's got a different personality so i guess time will tell and we'll see what happens and i really do wish him uh well this year it's just it's going to be different being the starter this year than the backup but we'll see what happens are you okay for two more quick questions Sure, no problem. Time-wise? Okay, this one I wanted to ask you, sir, because I know you were there about a month ago in Edmonton, but can you just tell my audience just a little bit about uh, the CFL Combine that you recently covered for Homestead Media Sports? Of course. So, yes, I did go to the Combine in Edmonton. So this year was really interesting <laughs> because it was, I guess, like a week long. Um, and, uh, yeah, it was at Commonwealth Fieldhouse slash stadium so i guess the stadium is there the field house is in the same building beautiful stadium first of all commonwealth is like when i think of bmo bmo field is gorgeous to me but commonwealth is massive and it's just the colors and everything like it really felt cool to see that um my first time in the west um so i loved that part of it and 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 experiencing getting to meet a lot of different people in the media as well as just um like the players and stuff uh, I think it went amazing. I think the players, uh, you know, they're all what, like Gen Z. So <laughs> it's cool because what I, what I do, like I was doing a lot of fun content. That's how I was covering it. I was doing reels and quick interviews, getting to know them, taking fun photos. And um, and, and these guys are are super open, right? They're super willing to, to, to speak with me, um, have fun. And again, like I said, because I think they're Gen Z as well, they kind of get that sense of humor. They're, they're, they're very social media savvy. And I think that that's really cool too, because again, new generation of guys coming in, um, to the league that are hopefully going to bring along new people, um, whether that's like new fans, whether that's some other former teammates from the schools that, that they're from and that would support them or, um, you know, other people that are just interested in what they do. Um, so that was really interesting to see. One thing I will say, and they, they'd also performed quite well. There's a couple guys that really stood out to me as well. Um, but one thing I will say though, and I know this is like a big topic is, you know, 
the combine wasn't streamed anywhere. And I think that that is unfortunate because again, if you're going to be looking to get the new generation uh, to watch, they want to see their friend. They want to see this guy that maybe they're like a fan of from their own university that is doing a great job on the field at, at school. And they want to see, you know, his journey. Um, you, it's hard to, it, it's just, it's just, I, there's nothing to say really. It's just, it's hard to do that when you can't, when you can't um, see it for yourself, like on a stream and support in that way. So that was a little bit disappointing, but it was an incredible experience for sure. Hopefully they look into doing it next year on their website. Look at the NFL. They make a big production out of it and it's on TV and everything. So you're right. I, hopefully they'll have it live streamed on their website next year. Quickly, since I got you on here before you wrap up, thoughts on Simon Fraser University uh, ending their football program? Yeah, I mean, it's just sad. Um, I, I'm not, I wouldn't call myself an expert in that uh, specific subject, but I just seeing how the players have even reacted to their football program being um, shut down was really unfortunate because, you know, these guys, Put their heart and souls into this program that's a really old program right i believe it's quite um has a history to it and and now suddenly they these guys don't know where to go and don't know what to do to me that's the hardest part and i think the worst the worst thing when i when i look at that situation too is is what does that say for um football in canada um for the young people right i mean obviously we have other great programs and universities that do a great job um but it's when you see something like that happen and and it sounded like again I'm not an expert but it sounded like it wasn't it didn't have anything to do necessarily with money it had to do with um just I don't know they said something along the lines of like I think it doesn't um it, this program doesn't serve us anymore or something of that nature I again I'm definitely misquoting that but it's it, you, you would hope that there would be somebody there to to say, hey, wait, no, let's let's make this a priority. Um, there's also some other things that, you know, again, I'm, I'm looking on Twitter. That's how I'm kind of getting that information. And from what I'm seeing on Twitter is also that there might be other issues um, with the, the, the administration, the staff, the way they're handling things. They might be um, not being respectful to the players in a lot of ways. Um, so there's a lot, it sounds like there's just, it's really complicated situation. But what breaks my heart the most for me is the young guys who all they want to do is play football, right? Now suddenly they have their face with this challenge. Where do they go? What do they do? And um, you know, hopefully, hopefully people can help them. That's my main concern. And uh, being with uh, the University of Guelph, I filmed uh, as a camera guy a lot of the Guelph Griffin games here last year. Adam Goss is the PA announcer here, or was for the Griffins, and it's really good football. It's competitive, and uh, I think a lot of more fans uh, should definitely come out to games because. These are great athletes and it's nice seeing Canadians play well at their own game here. Yeah, no, hundred percent. I totally agree. I think that's where it starts, right? It's, it's going to be starting young for the guys and for their fans. And the more that you can do to promote um, this Canadian talent, the more we're all going to succeed, right? Everyone in Canada ultimately, and, and the, the me and the media for us, it's great. Um, just for fans. It's great. It's, it's, there's a lot, um, uh, of opportunity, right? That comes with having and fostering uh, support for these Canadian players. Absolutely. Uh, before I go, Sarah, do you got like two more minutes? 
yes. one or two more minutes? Okay, no problem. I owe you. Thank you so much. Uh, when you're at the combine quickly, uh, when you talk to some of the teams, obviously they're looking for guys uh, that are very talented, but was there any other qualities they were looking for in some of these guys at the combine? And just quick thoughts on the new ownership of the Montreal Alouettes. Yeah. So in terms of the combine, um, I, before the combine started like in person, there was a media uh, call, I guess you could say media for all of the um, teams. And they would, they were basically highlighting what they were looking for. And a common thing that all of these teams are looking for, it sounds like aside from their skills, the skills, you know, parts is pretty much just character, good character, right? Having somebody who they can rely on, somebody trustworthy, somebody um, who's a team player, those qualities that are really important, I think, just in any team sport. Um, but I think specifically, you know, in the CFL, they they that's what they're kind of going for. So yeah, so that was one thing in terms of the new ownership of the Montreal Alouettes. I think, I mean, personally, I think overall it's quite positive. I mean, it's kind of exactly what people wanted, right? They wanted somebody who is from Quebec with a lot of money. I think he has like $2.6 billion, like Canadian dollars, which is nuts amount of money, <laughs> um, you know? And I know th that he's been also wanting to bring an NHL team back into Quebec City. So his mind is kind of in that pro, pro sports place already, so to speak. Um, you know, obviously there's some people who find him controversial as well. He was in politics, I think at some point, um, which I'm again, I'm not a I'm not a politician. I'm not um, especially in, in knowledgeable in Quebec in politics there. But but I for me personally, like my hope for the team with it, with this new ownership is stability at the end of the day. I mean, they've been all over the place for a while um, for them. It's it's been draining. And for the fans, it's been draining. And, you know, for that, they, I, I just want them to achieve success and be stable. And I think to have support from someone who is very invested in the team, which th he seems like he is, like Pierre uh, seems like he is, is great. You know, he hired a new president, uh, CEO, and that that and who says that he wants to basically focus on strengthening the relationship between the season ticket holders and the fans in Quebec, develop like this special customer experience, grow the presence the team in the community, which I think is always key. I think every single team, I mean, I'm sure in the West, they do, they do this more often than here, but you know, anytime you can get the team in the community is important. Um, and like I said, like, you know, you're seeing owners like Amar Doman, who's doing some great things for the BC Lions, you know, hopefully the Owls can go in a similar direction. Um, and then they also have that partnership with Videotron, which is Videotron, um, which <laughs> is like owned by him. Uh, so, you know, there's going to be that home opener against the Red Blacks, right? Where that Videotron is going to sponsor it and they're going to do some halftime show. And, and, and that sounds really cool to me. Like, I don't know what that is. I don't know what they have planned, but, but why not, right? Why not get these sponsors? Why, if you can do it, why not get, have that money behind the team like that to create again, that fan experience. Um, so I think, I think it's positive. I think that, you know, everybody seems to be excited over there. So I, again, it's one of those things where you just got to see what happens. <laughs> yeah. Cause to me, the CFL is a stronger league when Montreal is doing well. And uh, we need to keep the league at nine teams. Um, I'm going to have to bring you back on again in the future, because I would like to have talked to you about the Halifax and what happened there as well. But I'm hoping one day the CFL will get that 10th team and have five on the East and five in the West. Mm -hmm. No. Awesome.
definitely would love to come back. Thank you. Okay. I've kept you over 40 minutes. So thank you so much, uh, Sarah. And just finally, uh, the last thing before we wrap it up is uh, where can my audience follow you on social media, Sarah, and your website for uh, Homestead uh, Media Sports? Yeah, of course. So if you want to follow Homestead Sports, um, you can go to, it's just at Homestand. So H-O-M-E-S-T-A-N-D. I believe that that's the Twitter account, Homestand Sports at Homestand Sports is Instagram. If you want to follow me, it's just my full name, which is Sarah with an H and then Anne said, so S-A-R-A-H-A-N-N-E-S-A-I-D. So yeah, follow me. We can talk about CFL. <laughs> and quickly before I let you go, are, are you happen to, are you guys covering the Blue Jays Tigers uh, home opener tonight at the Rogers Center? Um, I am not doing it. I do believe that they might be doing some talking to fans and stuff. Um, homestand would probably be there. Yeah. Talking to fans doing some shooters. So personally I won't be, but, um, I'm excited still for them. <laughs> okay. Well, Sarah, uh, thank you so much for giving me some extra time today. I really appreciate it. Uh, definitely open invite to come back on again and, uh, hopefully we'll see you in Guelph in May for training camp for the Argonauts. And, uh, I'll definitely be at BMO field this summer as well for the, uh, 2023 Argonauts season. Sounds great. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. And I will definitely see you soon. Definitely. And uh, give me about 20 minutes and I will send you the audio uh, link to the show as well. Great. Thank you so much, Chris. Thanks, Sarah. Have a great afternoon. Take care. Bye. Bye. Okay, guys, I hope you enjoyed Season 5, Episode 42 today with Sarah Said. She's an on-air host and associate producer with Homestead Sports Media, and she's a reporter, covers the CFL and a little bit about the NFL as well. Before we wrap this up, guys, I'm just going to show you a, a little quick video clip of Sarah uh, from her uh, YouTube channel. And yeah, it's Homestead Sports YouTube channel. Uh, just uh, announcing Andrew Harris resigning for one more year with the Toronto Argonauts. Andrew Harris will be back for a second season with the Toronto Argonauts, and it will be his last. <laughs> Unlike some have speculated, the Canadian veteran running back will not be retiring post-championship. According to TSN's Farhan Lalji, Harris says that his latest one-year contract with the Double Blue will be his final and a final chance to win a fifth Grey Cup and a fourth straight. And even without the numbers and potential ring that he will surely rack up this upcoming season, what a resume he already has under his belt. Yes, in 2022, Harris was only able to play in eight regular season games after suffering a torn pectoral muscle in Week 10, but he still showed out. The 35-year-old rushed for 490 yards on 100. 114 carries, but was able to make a pretty miraculous return in the playoffs, scoring his first touchdown back from injury and the first touchdown for the Argos in the Eastern final against the Montreal Alouettes. He also became the first Canadian to ever rush for over 10,000 career yards, and he ranks fourth on the CFL's all-time yards from scrimmage list. And the accomplishments he's accumulated over his more than a decade-long career are far too many to list off, so I'm just going to throw it over the screen here while I just sit. And although the end is near, that that list is sure to grow as the Argos aim to recreate last season's success. That clip was courtesy of Homestead 
home uh home sorry that clip was courtesy of homestand sports media as well and again thank you to sarah said uh for coming on live with cdp sports talk this afternoon guys just to let you know the next live with cdp sports talk brought to you by barry cullen chevrolet thursday april 13th at 8 p.m eastern with my guest barbara campos she is a bilingual news reporter uh, with extensive experience in the fast-paced media industry, and she's with uh, CBS Austin and Telemundo Austin in Texas. So Barbara's going to come on and talk about her career in the media industry and working in the in the Austin, Texas area as well. So hopefully you guys can tune in to Season 5, Episode 43, this Thursday at 8 o'clock with Barbara Campos as well, guys. Uh, before we go, guys... Uh, just some other news. The Toronto Blue Jays 47th home opener is tonight against my Detroit Tigers. And the Jays right now have a current record of 27 and 19 in their previous 46 home openers uh, from Exhibition Stadium in the Rogers Center as well. Former Blue Jay and Baseball Hall of Famer and World Series champion with the Braves in 1995, Fred McGriff will throw out the first pitch tonight at the newly renovated Rogers Center. The game will be on Sportsnet. I believe first pitch tonight is what, 7.07 as well. And uh, it'll be interesting to see the new look Rogers Center. Uh, the first stage has been completed and uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, for the Detroit Tigers tonight, Matt Manning is pitching for the Tigers. We're two and seven, and they're going to have a long season. And Alex Manoa, the Blue Jays' ace, will be starting tonight for the Jays, who are six and four after coming home from a long ten-game road trip. And um, the Blue Jays should have a good season at the Rogers Center. And um, the dimensions have been shortened, and the fences uh, have been changed there as well. So you're going to see more home runs, more triples, more doubles, more extra base hits. Uh, more speed in the Rogers Center this year, in my opinion, as well, guys. This will be the uh, sixth time the Detroit Tigers have come to Toronto for the Blue Jays' home opener. Uh, 1978, 2004, 2009, 2019, and 2023. So, actually, this is the fifth time. The fifth time the Detroit Tigers have come to Toronto for the Blue Jays home opener. And that speaking of home openers, the Grey Cup champion Toronto Argonauts home opener is 68 days away at BMO Field in Toronto. Uh, Sunday, June 18th at 7 o'clock against their arch rivals, the Hamilton Tiger Cats. So uh, that should be a great game as well. And that will be the Argos 18th Grey Cup banner going up that night. And this is the 150th year of the Toronto Argonauts, by the way. And they will be doing some celebrations for the long history in Toronto as well. And if you guys uh, watch my podcast show in a couple weeks, I'm going to have the um, communications manager and play-by-play -play voice of the Toronto Argonauts on my show Tuesday, August, sorry, Tuesday, April 25th at 3 p.m. with Mike Hogan uh, from TSN 1050 and with the Argonauts. And Mike's going to come on and talk about the uh, Argos Great Cup win from last year and uh, what he sees from this 2023 team and with Chad Kelly being the number one quarterback uh, for the Argonauts with McLeod Bethel Thompson moving on to New Orleans of the USFL as well, guys. All right, guys. Uh, also, live with CDP Sports Talk, a weekly sports and entertainment talk show 
hosted by yours truly, Chris Palme, is on weeknights at 8 p.m. Eastern uh, from 8 to 9 uh, weeknights on WQEE 99.1 FM, the key, the home of Southern sports and talk, the heartbeat of Atlanta. Thank you to Ryan O'Neill for having my show on your station uh, weeknights at 8 to 9 o'clock every night as well. You guys can check out their website at wqeefm.radio12345.com as well. Live with CDP Sports Talk is always live streamed on YouTube Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, and LinkedIn. Thank you to everyone for watching this uh, live stream today as well. You guys can also check out my official website at beacons.ai slash Chris D. Palme, all my digital content and all my social media sites and previous podcast episodes are on this website. Again, beacons.ai slash Chris D. Palme. Finally, guys, live with CDP Sports Talk, again, is sponsored by Barry Cullen Chevrolet Dealership, 905 Woodlawn Road West in the Gulf Auto Mall. Again, check out barrycullen.com for the newest selection of new and pre-owned GM vehicles as well. Or give them a call at 519-824-0210, or you can email them at info at barrycullen.com. And again, it is truck month at Barry Cullen Chevrolet, uh, the 2023 Silverado pickup truck 1500, 3.49% financing up to 72 months. Um, anyone that's an eligible Costco member can receive up to $750 bonus on select trucks. Uh, you would have to uh, give them a call at Barry Cullen Chevrolet as well. And I want to say thank you to the dealership for sponsoring live with CDP Sports Talk as well. And I'm quite happy with my 2023 Chevy Trailblazer RS model as well, sold to me by Nathan Laud at Barry Collins Chevrolet. Finally, guys, you can follow me on TikTok at Live with CDP. I post a lot of content there as well, so please check me out on TikTok at Live with CDP. StreamYard is the official live stream provider of Live with CDP Sports Talk. If you're into webinars or podcasting such as I am, I would highly recommend StreamYard. Live with CDP Sports Talk, again, is produced by CDP Media Productions here in Ontario 2023. And finally, Live with CDP Sports Talk podcast, the audio version is available on iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, Anchor FM, Apple Podcasts, Breaker, Pocket Casts, Radio Public, Spotify, CastBox, LinkedIn, Stitcher, Tuned In, and weeknights at 8 o'clock again on WQEE 99.1 FM, the key in Atlanta as well. You guys can always email live with CDP Sports Talk at cpalme19 at gmail.com or you can text the show at 519-820-7188. And that's about it, guys. Uh, again, I want to say thank you to Sarah Said, an on-air host and associated producer with Homestead Sports Media in Toronto. And uh, Sarah covers both the CFL and the NFL. Appreciate her coming on today. And if you can give me about 15, 20 minutes, I'll have this uh, audio version uh, downloaded as well 
as well. So uh, that's about it. I hope everyone has a great afternoon, great evening, and I hope you guys can tune into Season 5, Episode 43, this Thursday night, April 13th at 8 o'clock, with Barbara Campbell's uh, uh, CBS uh, news reporter in Austin, Texas. And uh, we'll talk about her career in broadcasting and media and as a reporter. So, uh, again, uh, have a great afternoon, everybody, and uh, enjoy the Blue Jays' home opener tonight against the Detroit Tigers at the newly renovated Rogers Center, 707 first pitch. I believe the gates for fans going to the game open at 5, and Sportsnet coverage, I believe, will start at 4 or 4.30 uh, today as well. And, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see the new-look Rogers Center tonight, and the Blue Jays are expected to have a very good team this year. So, all right, everybody. Thank you to Sarah Said, and thank you to everyone for watching and listening to Live with CDP Sports Talk, brought to you by Barry Collins Chevrolet. Have a great afternoon, great evening, everyone, and we'll see you Thursday night at 8 o'clock with my guest, Barbara Campbells from CBS Austin in Texas. Live with CDP, a weekly sports and entertainment podcast, live on YouTube, Facebook Live, Twitter, and on audio via Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Spotify, and Anchor FM. Now here's your host, Chris Pame. Live with CDP Sports Talk, a weekly sports and entertainment Live with CDP, a weekly sports and entertainment podcast, live on YouTube, Facebook Live, Twitter, and on audio via Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Spotify, and Anchor FM. Now here's your host, Chris Pame.